0: What is up? It's the 20th of June, a Sunday night. We just had, uh, like I don't know, like a cold front roll through. It's like 15, 20 degrees cooler than it that, has been.
1: That's the definition of a cold
0: front. It feels good. Thank you for that, Brent Bloom. It's good to be back podcasting with you guys this week. Stansbury filled in for me last week while I was down at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Tonight's Williams & Bloom podcast, of course, is brought to you by our friends at MacDyne and the MacDyne Corporation. As always, we encourage you to visit them at MacDyne.com. I'm going to keep hammering this with you guys. Some of you, I hope that you're very happy. I hope that that's the case. I hope you're very fulfilled in your career. You might be miserable. And if that's the case, I would encourage you to go to MacDyne.com to see what job opportunities they have opened. Of course, it's a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. And that may mean nothing to you, but let me tell you, this is a company built by a couple of Iowa Staters. It's now worldwide, based out of Marshalltown. They want Iowa Staters to apply. Check them out at mechDine.com. Hey, even shoot them an email and say, thanks for sponsoring the Williams & Bloom podcast. They're also the sponsor of the Chris Williams podcast. You can find that uh, anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, just search Chris Williams podcast. And I do, I, I think they're interesting interviews with people who I, I like, uh, people who I find interesting. And uh, Bloom and I actually did one on Father's Day where we talk about being dads. Um, probably some laughs. I would think Uh, you can check that out too. If that, uh, if that tickles your fancy, check that out at the Chris Williams podcast. All right. With that, you know what time it is. It's Sunday night. And before we talk cyclones, let's listen to a little bit of English. Bring in the horns. Oh yeah. delicious Ah yeah, there's nothing like a little English on a Sunday night. Brent Bloom, happy Father's Day. Same to you, my friend. How'd you do today? Fifth five's good. Were the boys good? They they were behaved well enough
1: <laughs> to allow me to watch some golf. And what felt, about that severe weather? What happened. about that
0: severe weather cut in? That's ba- one of the all time th- epic. Felt bad for Who TV thirteen. If you guys haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter. They they cut into the severe weather. They cut into the golf like right in the middle with, of a putt. Right, Oost, Hazen's
1: a punt to, a putt to tie or take the lead, and literally like the second before it may or may not have gone in they cut to severe weather coverage rough look they eventually got it figured out with the double box situation so they could have the tornadoes in one box and the, the u.s open the other box uh, it's a tough situation you've worked at those stations. oh it's not I it's to. impossible it's an impossible it's call a brutal brutal spot because you just don't if if you don't cut in and then something tragic happens then that's worst case scenario but yet you also don't want to – you know people are watching the U.S. Open and don't want that to be interrupted. So, anyway, it got – I don't know if it was handled the best today, but uh, WHO TV is in a tough spot. Impossible spot. Been there uh, taking those calls. I, yeah, not, I was going to say the calls. and it's and And it's a, it's a holiday. It's a yeah. Father's Day. So, most likely you're – You have like interns right, in Right, your heavy hitters aren't there. yeah. So, you've got others that aren't used to making the decision, making the decision, and – well, and you, who, at least I, I got to watch John Rom hold on to
0: win. At least we got some rain. Uh, the, the rain was good. Hopefully, uh, we have people listening all over the state, all over the mm-hmm. country. But hope I know down in the southern area uh, there was a lot of bad weather over the weekend, where people probably had some damage. I have some family who it's like they traded rain to have the roof ripped off of their uh, barns and stuff brutal. like that. But Hopefully, uh, everybody out there got some of that much-needed rain. Uh, Man, we sound like a couple of old guys. We're leading off with golf and weather (laughs) here on the uh, Sunday Night Williams and Bloom podcast. All right. um, I have uh, three topics that I wanted to get to today, Bloom. Football recruiting. It was a big week, a really really busy week on the football recruiting front. I do want to hit on um, maybe a little bit of playoff stuff. And then I also just a smidge on the opening week of basketball. Now it's summer camp, but I do think with all of the newcomers, it's, you know, something we'll, I'll probably keep a heightened eye on compared to most years, uh, with all the new, new guys. um, well, let's start on the football deal in general, and then we'll get into recruiting. Recruiting's more of a niche thing. If you're recruiting junkies, stay tuned here for about 20 minutes into the podcast. College football playoff expansion. I know you and Stansbury covered this last week. I have more, um, you know, I was I was down at the lake with some friends and stuff, and just uh, the I, w- I was there with guys who aren't from Iowa, uh, but they, they're they formerly, like, Wisconsin fans. They still okay. are. Yeah. But they were telling me just how, like, they have gotten more into Iowa State football hmm. than – because they, they're connected to me. They're probably listening right now. Right. Mutual uh, friends. Yeah. So. And they're just – they're really interested in, like, the program. And it's fun for people, I think, to see a program like Iowa State that's in the past done nothing. Yeah. I mean, uh, same thing. Remember when Oregon State had, like, a
1: couple yeah. good years with yeah. Chad Johnson and uh, – T.J. Hushmanzada, and yeah, they're kind absolutely. of fun. They won a
0: Fiesta Bowl? Yeah. Or did they, they, did they, or they beat they Notre, Dame? Notre Dame? I, th- I think they won that game. I think they killed yeah, Notre I think they Dame killed that them. Fiesta Bowl, if I'm remembering correctly. But,
1: yeah, that was, they, I mean, when, when those un, untraditional, non I should say non-traditional teams jump up, I
0: think it, it generates an, interest, an interested audience. Here's the, uh, it's not a predicament, and I want to make something clear. It doesn't matter. Like, the team, it doesn't matter to the team. Like, the, this is not going to have any bearing on the team's success this season, in my opinion. Um, It's almost like a bit of a conflict of interest, or not a conflict of interest, but a conflict, like, uh, internally, where people are like, man, like, we're supposed to expect, like, we've been here because that's what Matt Campbell t- kind of is, like, ingrained in us. Sure. But we still have it. You know, I was thinking about that when Jamie Pollard tweeted out the season ticket numbers and stuff. And it's like, well, that's great. They really needed that, especially after COVID. Um, there's a lot of new fans buying season tickets that haven't done it before. Again, this is all really good stuff. I also just wonder, it's like... um to be honest, we've been pretty good in football the last couple of years. Yeah. Like this didn't this just is your come, five. This is your five uh, in a row. This didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Now the top ten thing in the preseason, how are you? You've been an Iowa State fan longer than anybody in my um, you know, circle of friends. Sure. How are you approaching it? Because, like, are, is this like a, oh, pinch me, um, I, capture it in a bottle, we're never going to see this again? Right. Or how are you approaching it's it? It's so hard. And I still haven't
1: grasped it. Like, I'm one second, I am ecstatic to get this season started. The next second, I'm terrified. Yeah. Because I don't want this to be the last chance, you know, which is a horrible thing to say, but let's be honest. I mean, I I've had good conversations this week with some fellow Cyclones. Uh, one was uh, a seasoned Iowa State fan, so went to Iowa State in the '70s, and and he said, "You know, this dogs eating the trash here
0: in the home well, office." That's what Dirks does. Sorry, is, is, sorry. Is, is Dirks going to live? He's literally eating the trash while we're recording this podcast. Okay, sorry, I, I don't know mean. if that's a good omen for Iowa State expectations. I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Dirks, stop it. All right, go back. Get your story.
1: <laughs> Dirks is literally <laughs> eating the trash. No, but it's that it's that quandary of. You want to be pumped up for the season, but also there's still that that twinge of you being an Iowa State fan that is expecting. I don't want to say expecting the worst, but you know nine and a half wins as the over under, and you're just you're just wondering, gosh, can we really do this? And what happens if we don't? So uh, it's interesting because it, we've never been in this position before. And another conversation with our friend Kyle, who brought up a good point, and he's like, the reason why this feels so Kyle's imprim- good, guy. He's smart, yes, yeah, yeah, super smart guy. And a a big listener of the podcast. So thanks, Kyle. His point was the reason why this feels unfamiliar is because it is unfamiliar. Like we're told that we want to be here. We act like we've been here before, but we haven't. And this is going to be the first time and the last time we experience this, right? Because either if you have a good year, chances are you'll get back to this place, but you'll always have that, that previous year to fall back on of, oh, remember in 2021. When we were a top ten team and this is what it's like. Like Clemson doesn't do this anymore. Clemson probably used to do this where they were unfamiliar when this is okay, these expectations are yeah. weird. But now now they they don't have that anymore. They're expected. And so this'll be a unique year. It's I don't know. I, I think it's up to the individual to process it. So I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time, which is a super cheesy thing to say. But I'm part of me is like, Man, I hope the UNI game comes and and Iowa State wins by fifty, but also part of me is still terrified of the UNI game. Like, it, it's just you can't – you you wrestle
0: with it back and forth. No, I think that that's fair. I, I think it – kind of like you alluded to, it'll be person to person. And I, I don't know, like, it's a weird thing, too. Like, this – there never would have been two dudes talking about this 25 years ago because no. so much of this is, like, seen through social media and – you know, and, and talk radio and stuff like that, like Ross and I have discussed this. Ross comes at it, hit for those who don't know, my like co-host on KXNO every day. He comes at it from a totally different perspective okay. because he's an Iowa, he's a lifelong yeah. Iowa fan, yeah. right? And but he's still like he's not a Cyclone hater, which is why we we work well together. But he he's nailed it, and we've kind of talked about it on this podcast. Like nine and three will be a disappointment, yeah, and that. This is what's hard for me because, like the, I feel like the football mind. I feel like I'm a decent football mind. I know I'm not like Ben Bruns no, level I elite. I agree with that. Um, that wouldn't be a bad season for Iowa State when you factor in. Hear me out. When you factor in last year, all the close games, you know, just the way it played out, and just the style of play that Campbell produces. Um, nine and three would be a fine season. Now a lot will depend on who the three sure. are. I, I, I get that. However, I wouldn't blame a fan for being disappointed with nine. And, I mean, the, with the lead up that's coming to this thing, your top 10, um, you're legitimately a playoff contender going yes. into it. I feel like if you go nine and three and somehow end up saying the Alamo Bowl, that would be a disappointment. I I, I don't think that they're, Yep, in the is context skating around in the that. context of this year, 100%. but is that fair? No. to say that and to think that about I, the Matt Campbell, because there will be people. I mean, even if he loses to Iowa and goes eleven and one, yep, there will be people who are criticizing that, and maybe there's a reason to. I don't know, but I, I have a hard time because like the heart part of me and like the Iowa State guy of me is like, yeah, that would be a disappointment, but then like. I feel like football wise 9 and 3 would be a really good season.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, I mean at that point you're I'll be second or third in the Big 12. Yeah. It, it's, it's 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 complicated. It, it, it is it is super complicated and it's hard to project depending on how it happens. Like if you if you lose 3 games you shouldn't, then then maybe it's different or maybe you, you You start nine and zero, and you lose the last three. That's different than if you start one and two, and you know it. Just who knows how the season makeup is, but it's it's so hard to gauge. And coming off last year, where I thought at the end of the year, Chris, Iowa State was one of the top six teams in the country, and they returned pretty much everybody off that squad. So it's natural to have these super high expectations. And at the end of the day, you make a great point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it I mean, because, because it's, it it's those 85 guys in that locker room. We just got into this debate but...
0: over beers last weekend on the over-under. Yeah. And, like, because they're all coming to me. They're like, what should we do? Well, like, and I'm like, I would take the over because I think it's a 10-2 and two team. Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, the way I break it down, elite quarterback, elite running back, I think the best offensive line in the Campbell era, the only – Real question mark I have, and this is not even fair. Like this is where you're trying to like pick things apart. Sure. Which you and you, if you're a top ten team, you have to. Yeah. Is I. I mean, I, the D line loses some, loses some juice. But I, I'm really confident that Will McDonald steps in, and you know he led the Big Twelve in sacks last year. What's, I'm thinking more like some of the reps that Jaquan would do with like against the yes. run and that yep. type of stuff, and then maybe a little bit on the back end. But it's like, I mean. Should I really be doubting a John Haycock defense? I like when I break it down like that, and I'm like, this is a ten and two team, but these guys like were really pressing me to play the nine and three, and I'm like, I, I really wouldn't. But then I'm like, okay, I need to run this by Bloom because am I overconfident because of my bias toward Iowa State?
1: No, I mean I think it's right on that line. Now the thing with college football is you're, if you're dealing with one-possession games, weird things can happen. And then you d- you never know on the injury situation, right? Like, you just... We know Iowa State has more depth, but they were a relatively healthy team last year, especially towards the end. Now, Milton goes down. That a significant loss. And uh, Downing goes down early. And you also had uh, Ramos get dinged up. But largely, it was pretty healthy. And, you know, the Iowa State's key guys stayed healthy. And Brock Purdy has been started every single game that he's been since he came in in that Oklahoma State game. Mm-hmm. Now, Hunter Deckers is really good, but all it takes then, as you know, Chris, is a couple unfortunate in- injuries here, there, and then you don't, you then you don't know what could happen. So th- there's so many things that can come up in a season, but I think forward thinking. I don't think ten and two is out of line at all. I don't honestly. We went through the numbers. Obviously, it's going to be favored before 11. the year in eleven of the games. That's not cyclone bias showing through. That is that's Vegas. money. That's Vegas. Yeah. Iowa State is going to be favored in 11 of the 12 games entering the season. Uh, and I think
0: that's as simple as you need to say it. I trust the quarterback. I trust the trenches. And I trust the head coach. That's like, for me, like when I'm looking well, at margins and stuff like that with gambling, yeah. you can give me the like margin of victory and stuff, but Iowa State, the way they play, they're not going to kill many teams and they're never going to get really blown and out. so much continuity, too. Both yeah. coordinators are back. Like There's so
1: many things... That if you would add up of what are my 10 most important things entering a season, Iowa State has literally checked all 10 of those boxes. And they may not have the raw talent that Oklahoma has and Alabama and Clemson have, but they're not that far behind. And so when when push comes to shove and you go through all 12 games, they're favored in 11 of them
0: for a reason. We'll get to football recruiting here momentarily. I want to pick Bloom's brain on the playoff as well want to thank a uh, sponsor of the Williams & Bloom Sunday Night Podcast, Farm Story Meats. This is an awesome company. Bloom, I'm in, I, I, th- this young guy named Ray, he works at Iowa State. Okay. He's in communications at Iowa State. Just a couple years out of Iowa State. Um, it's I think it's a brilliant product. You go to farmstorymeats.com, and you can order like bundles. You go to the meat shop, you, you can order bundles, you can order... Uh, Whatever you want. There's a fireworks bundle. Uh, There's a freedom bundle. They got everything. Um, Grass-fed or Angus beef. You can get pork chops. You can get bacon. You can get bratwurst. You can get kebab meat. They got literally everything blooming. Jerky. And it comes straight from the farm to your house. This meat is raised right here in the great state of Iowa. And we're cutting out the middleman so you're supporting farmers, local farmers in a local company. The money's going right to them and the food is coming right to you. That's a, It's an amazing company. Farmstorymeets.com. And I want everybody to load up and support this young man Bray, uh, again a really a really neat uh, bright dude who I've I really admire. I think what he's doing is really smart. I, I told him I want to buy into his company i haven't um i haven't had a lot of luck there but if you want to go there farmstorymeats.com use the promo code summer 10 for 10 percent off that offer is valid through july 3rd 10 percent off if they use the promo code summer 10 i also want to give a shout out to my friends at nebraska furniture mart and clive nfm.com True story. My house is still torn up. However, the first bathroom is finally looks, done. Looks great. We're waiting for one teeny tiny little piece because you know the wife's not going to want me post pictures all over Twitter until everything's done. You I know get it. you know how she is. I get it. Um, no, it's been a, it's been quite the process um, because of like supplies and all that stuff. But they've right. been so phenomenal to work with. Uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. I think a lot of people think, oh. Uh, it's only furniture. Well, they don't have furniture because that's at homemakers or appliances and electronics. No, no, no. Got all the tile, got all the flooring, tubs, everything. You can do it right here in Des Moines, Nebraska it's, Furniture Martin Clive. It's a sweet store. So they relocated there two years ago. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And right then
1: their mild stomping ground of Waukee, West Des Moines, Clive Triangle. Yeah.
0: Right there. Actually,
1: I guess it's. Clive and walkie right it's there. It's right over by another
0: Psycho and fanatic sponsor, uh, barntown, right? right? There you can yep. go. And uh, a lot happening out there. Yeah, do your shopping at Nebraska furniture, Mart, and then go get yourself a cold beer at barntown. But yeah, again, I, I'm just, I'm going to show you guys the pictures when it's completely done. So we're completely remodeling both bathrooms in the house. The only place we shopped is at Nebraska furniture, Mart. And that's what I want to pound in here. You can get all, you can get everything there. Not just appliances, not just electronics. Nebraska Furniture Mart, and Clive, check them out today at nfm.com. Actually, we're redoing my office right now, too. Every The, the chairs we're sitting in, the desk, everything is from Nebraska Furniture Mart. All right, uh, football recruiting. Let's dig into this before we touch on the playoff bloom. Uh, Iowa State quarterback commit Rocco Becht. Yeah. Uh, he was recently named the quarterback MVP at the Rivals Five-Star Challenge which hosts the country's best high school football players in the 2022 class. Now, this young man is interesting. If you go to his Twitter page, he's like leading the charge. He's he's there out go. there recruiting for yeah. Iowa State.
1: Yeah, for those folks who may not know, his dad, Anthony, uh, played in the NFL for a number of years and also now is on ESPN as a uh, football analyst on college football coverage. And Rocco committed in, what, a month? Two months ago. Yeah. And since has kind of been the, the the spearhead of that recruiting class, trying to get others motivated, involved and and he's a pretty good quarterback in his own right. So he chose mm-hmm. Iowa State over a couple of different power five offers. And dare I say, on film and from his his rise this offseason, he reminds one of a uh-oh, uh, uh-oh. of a uh, young Brock Purdy. Not a big guy. No. Very accurate uh leader type. So, I know the staff super excited to get him because not only is he a talent, but he's also kind of a first class leader that they can kind of build coach's that. freshman. Son. coach's son, right? When when your dad played in the NFL for ten, twelve years, got you've two got of got those guys lines. with Aiden Bowman, yeah, and then, as well. Forget about Aiden; he's he's got a lot. So Decker's gets the attention. Bowman's right there. Matt Campbell's proven he will play two. Yeah, quarterbacks. I, you know that story needs to be written. I think this offseason, Chris, before maybe fall camp. I know Deckers is probably has the like a a little bit of a leg up, but it's not much of one. Bowman's big and talented. I've seen him in practice a couple times, throws a great ball.
0: I remember when Bowman was when he committed, how big of a deal that was. Like that was that was a huge deal. So you're right. He just hasn't been talked about as much. It's probably because we've seen Deckers. Yeah. And And he's an Iowa kid. Yep.
1: Yep, I mean Deckers is super good too, and he just, he just he and he got the nod in that Kansas game, and so he's probably technically the backup. But I don't know if it's like nailed down that that should something happen that it would nec- it'd be Deckers automatically.
0: Well, Rocco making noise on the trail, and it's not going to be a big class, right? Like this is because of no, the. I
1: actually did some work on this today. The fifth year or the COVID year situation, this is going to be a smaller class than normal. I was told 15 to 18. Okay. So normally it's 20 20 to 30, 22, 23,
0: 25. I mean, if you have like a coaching change, sometimes you can get above 25, just depending on, you know, attrition. But yeah, the COVID thing, I was told it'll be around 18 probably, but give or take, because you just don't know, there might be guys taking an extra year. Yep. Maybe one guy you're planning on taking an extra year doesn't decide to. Really um, interesting piece. I think Pete Thamel wrote it a couple weeks ago about how if you're in the class of 2022, like there's just so many fewer scholarships. And there's going to be guys who like Bama would have normally taken who end up at Syracuse or, you're right, because everything kind of funnels down. And they haven't had the chance to see him as much. The the real winners will be the JUCOs and the FCS, according to – you know, this theory that's out there because well, there's a lot of guys who would normally be FBS and, I, it, and there's just no room for them.
1: You know, the, as the the COVID situation still, is this going to play on for a long, long time? But there are some states that did not play high school football last year. and So that's less film to evaluate and then quite frankly, just less development in general. So it'll be interesting if let's say like your eye was of the world that played a full, you know, football schedule last year if those kids have a better chance than say and I don't know if Minnesota had a full schedule last year I am not I'm not 100% sure but you know there's things you have to keep in mind of when these kids come to fall camp or not fall camp but but summer this is why this is a, such a huge summer it's the first in-person evaluation for a lot of these players that they've had in 2 years and so a lot of uh, a lot of decisions being made in a critical summer
0: College football play. Oh wait, whoa, 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 whoa! There's f- a couple commitments. I forgot though, right? about our offensive linemen. Yeah, big, uh, big fellas. Yeah, really, really good talent here. Uh, we'll start off with the the first guy who committed, uh, Dalen. I think it's Dalen Hastert. Yeah. He um, was it Marshall Minnesota. Yeah, out of Minnesota Bloom. He is a the number four rated player out of the state of Minnesota. Yep. Offers from Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Kansas State. I'll take it. Huge and huge man, right? He's 6'5", uh, two eighty. <laughs> this, like, this is the crazy thing. I, I remember um you remember Bill Blyle? I loved yeah. Bill Blyle. Yeah, one the of my old, favorite line coaches. Yeah, one yeah. of my favorite guys ever. And the the difference in philosophy, listen, I'm not here to kill the road staff. It's not what I'm trying to do with this. It's just a difference in philosophy. I remember his deal was that we want smaller guys who are agile, who are super athletic. The Tom Farniok type, really. I mean, that, that's how it played yeah. out to a positive for them. Yep. Tom was undersized, but man, he was a really effective player. He came in at 250 pounds. That's the thing. And then you look at these guys and just the size of the freshmen who they're going to be bringing in. This guy will be 300 pounds. Easy. By the time he is eligible yep. to play at Iowa State. Yeah. Um, he looks pretty trim in just the picture I saw. He looks like a tight end. <laughs> right. Honestly, he reminded me of like Ben Lamak out of high school and then is what I, what he looked like. Marshall,
1: you know, is southwest Minnesota, so keeping within that, that Midwest framework a little bit too, which is great. I mean now now I think you know when Iowa State gets in battles with Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa State is
0: right there. Then another kid commits today, Avery Henry, six foot six 305 pounds. Um, he was not as heralded of a recruit. He comes out of Ohio. Uh, 247 ranks him as the 48th best player in Ohio, which is nothing to sneeze at in that state. Uh, Iowa State over Syracuse and Eastern Michigan. But again, like what stands out to me, Bloom, is not the name, not the stars, the size. Yep, That's the thing when I'm looking at these guys. Uh, generally, I look at offers with skill guys. With, I'm kind of just in, a, I trust Campbell when it comes to lineman mode. I, I, that's what he knows. really good. He's developed them really well. I think you're going to see the fruits of that labor. We've started to see it the last couple, of, I think this year is like, oh, oh. That's another reason why I'm 10 and two or above, because I don't think that a lot of people can comprehend how much better the line's going to be in general.
1: Well, I think Jeff Myers said recently that they've, he's got like 10 guys he'd be comfortable starting. Which is which is insane. Awesome, yeah. That's so, that's insane. They'll be fine there. And then again, you can then take chances. I don't want to say take chances necessarily, but you you can take risks on size because you know you've got you've got time to develop those guys uh, as far as skill wise, um, and, and because you've got so many such a pipeline now, freshmen, sophomores that haven't played yet. These these kids that are committing now will have time to develop into you know players by their third or their, their second or their year, rather than having to throw in the fire right away.
0: Uh, gravitatecoworking.com. Shout out to our friend, Jeff Wood. Go to gravitatecoworking.com. Are you sick and tired of working from home? I bet you could even ask your uh, your employer uh, yeah. for about a co-working spot. Say, hey, I, you want me to be productive and you're not giving me an office? Well, I got a spot for you. It's down on Locust Avenue. Go to gravitatecoworking.com and check out all the great membership opportunities. Uh, There's monthly, daily, hourly rates. You can go as small as a mailbox. You can go as large as your own giant private office. gravitatecoworking.com, downtown, midtown, Jefferson, and in Cedar Falls. A great cyclone. Jeff Wood is our good friend and uh, he is the proud owner of Gravitate Co-working, a proud sponsor of the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. As are my friends at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Be a man, go to the doctor. I mean it, uh, man. We, man, we had our own Iowa Clinic moment. Both of us, Bloom, we had sick kids. Yeah, the over the last week, it was just brutal. Yeah, brutal. You know what I actually did? I did my. Um, I'm big. They don't even tell me to to but promote this. This is a big deal to me. Went to iowaclinic.com because at least had like a fever of like 104. Yep. It's after hours. Yep. Went to the, um, okay, iowaclinic.com, right side of the page, bottom. Current wait times at urgent care. You can reserve a spot from your phone on your way there. That's a hell of a product right there, my man. You can pay your bill. You can make appointments. All the great Iowa Clinic locations it, all over Central Iowa,
1: and they also have pediatricians. Yes, so that's they got everything yeah, I mean, now. Really, I mean, and it, and it, as a new and as a new parent, I did not realize this, but you need to pick a pediatrician before uh, uh, the child is born, which it ends up being a really big decision because they're the one they're the first ones that you then.
0: You know, see multiple, multiple. Well, and it's times out of control. The like there's, yeah. there's more kids than there are doctors these days. It's a big deal. You got to get that reserve. Yes. Yeah. Like,
1: so that think about that new soon to be parents. I know you've probably have, but you, you know, can... even if the, you younger folks that didn't realize that that's a big part of uh, having a child is you got to get that pediatrician figured out. Know. It's and it it becomes a really big decision down the road as you uh, like we had. So you went you went the urgent care route. I went the pedi- I went twice the pediatrician this week. <sighs> His little guy wasn't getting better. He's okay now.
0: Yeah. Uh, go to the Chris Williams podcast if you want to hear more about that. <laughs> um, college football playoff. Do you have any meat to pick off of this bone after the last week? I've hammered it on KXNL a lot. I don't want to bore people. Um, we'll continue to dissect it. I There's a lot of thoughts that I have that or I'm I would say I'm 80 to 85% positive. The stuff that I'm bitching about is stuff that most fans don't care about. I'm more equitable. Why are we still letting these old white guys who with the rich dudes with the bulls? Why are we still letting them have a seat at the table? I I just like it, here's the deal though. I told Ross this on Friday. I so it was one night when I was up with Elise I sent out about fifteen text messages to all my like what I consider to be really good sources in college football, and I'll be damned—they all love the bowl system, and that's fine. Like I don't hate—I don't hate bowl games. I love bowl games. Yeah. Why are we calling playoff games bowl games? I don't understand that. The Rose Bowl—you know what? If you still want to have a Rose Bowl, you can have Michigan well, State and Washington State uh, meet up. I don't care. Like that's great, but why are they still playoff games, and why are we giving them a seat at the table and all this money? It doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, do you think
0: it's a good old boys club?
1: Well, but does it add a little more branding to a a playoff game? I don't need it. I know you don't. Do you? I mean, I know you don't. Does 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 John Average in (laughs) um, (laughs) Laramie, Wyoming, say, "Oh, the Rose Bowl's on"? I think I'm going to turn that on, and then realize, "Oh, this is actually a playoff game." Like, I
0: maybe not. Maybe I'm I'm I'm. I don't think so. I don't think that it needs it. Whatever. This is such a this, stupid thing for me to be complaining. Yeah, about. So but this, I,
1: you, you, I my, you have to continue with this charade in only, in order to get the playoff. I like get it's that it. Sacrifice I, you have to make. This is
0: my problem. Why I have to keep calling it out for I, what it is? I would like to know. Like, the, how does Jim Delaney? Like, I mean, come on, Jim Delaney's gets, on the board of the Rose Bowl he now because he gets paid. Yeah, it's like politics, man. I mean, it. it um, I heard. I think it was Dan Wetzel who wrote that to the BCS. I think I heard him over the weekend say something like, it's like the politician who Mm -hmm. can't talk bad about big pharma because he's taking checks from them. And then he retires and he ends up with a million dollars job on the big pharma board. That's exactly what this is. and These guys are all taking care of each other so the money can keep funneling around to one another. You're right. So why... (laughs) But think about the Rose Bowl. I don't even care. I just wish more
1: people understood it. That's my thing. But think about the salaries of the people involved at the Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl really doesn't need to exist anymore. No.
0: We don't need it. Outside of... But it's fun. Like, I like it. Yeah, that's great. We watch it together
1: most years. No, but it's... So, I, I don't think you need
0: the bowls. I don't... No, I want the bulls. I'm not saying get rid of the bulls. I don't understand how a guy like Bill Hancock still has a job. Read that to the BCS. Like he was. uh, I mean, the the same guys that held the sport back for decades are getting rich off of this thing. It drives me
1: crazy. I would be curious then who would who would just take over then? Like who just
0: Uh, because you know the NCAA runs the not Bill Hancock. Yeah, I I there's a lot Bob Bullsby. Uh, the guys who came up with this playoff idea did it a great job. Sure, I but they can't do the
1: logistics for every bowl
0: for every playoff game. You know, like you need, the amount of money that they're going to make in this playoff. They can't hire a staff to do that. Well, that's what you'd have to do. But so for now, the de facto
1: staff that organizes these things are the bowl staff. It's staffs. the sugar bowl. Yeah. It's the I get it. So it's it it's basically you're replacing, you know, logistics and operations people that you would employ full time with instead you're just outsourcing that to these
0: bowls. I'm sorry. This is a stupid thing for me to be worked up about. I it, know it is. Like I it just It is so one part we didn't really touch on a whole lot last week is
1: it's not really an advantage to be a high seed if you don't get a home game, you know? Like if you're a if you're a top 4 seed, you do not get a home game. You got you have to go right into the bowl system then. But that, I mean, but then you well, would you. We'd probably rather be, yeah. So I mean, you, I guess the point is you'd rather is, have the day off. If you're, you would, if you want, to. but if say if you're a five seed, you get the home game. Means you're you're probably printing
0: several million dollars in additional revenue for your town. I actually had a couple of different sources. Nobody with Iowa State just want to make that clear because it's safe to assume that yeah, who were they actually were throwing out the whole like, well, you're actually better off, um in like a New Year's Six type setting now compared to being like the ninth seed and losing in the first round because then you don't get all the extra practices. You don't oh. get the, like the bowl experience. You know what I mean? Because like, your players, instead of going to the Fiesta Bowl, yeah. you're going to Tallahassee for a night. Yeah. Or, you know, you don't
1: get any of that extra stuff.
0: So my point being, and I'm glad I sent those out, these are really smart people who are writing this mm. back to me and they were challenging me to think differently about it. I don't think that's the major. I think they did a good job. Like, I was always an 18 playoff guy. Like, this is great. Like, this is way better than I thought we were going to get. Like, I, I have zero complaints about this. Did you see the Pac-12 this week? Larry Scott
1: still, like, in his last final days, uh, oh. sent out a press release saying, you know, because there's still some talk that there's not an automatic qualifier that that gets in. It's just the top 12. Yeah. Well, Larry Scott's like, no, no, we need that automatic qualifier for the Pac-12. Realizing that they could actually be jumped by uh, multiple, like an, like an American, yeah, team or an American team, <laughs> yeah, to get it. I think the, those are the big winners. Like, I mean, I yeah, it, I, I said this in the podcast last week. I still think it ends up being like four SEC teams, three Big Ten teams, and you get maybe one group of five. Like, I, I still think it's your power teams that are going to end okay, up.
0: Okay, well, there's in. they're they're used to zero.
1: They are used to zero, for one. But, but if you go from zero to one, that's a but yet there's four SEC, I, I mean, listen, it is better than nothing. However, this is still going to be a boon, in my opinion, more for the SEC and the Big Ten we'll see. and the Big 12. Than we'll see what else. they do
0: about the committee. I mean, that's that's a big part of this. and I, I, I mean, also, how how brazen are those guys with keeping the little guy down? But I, in my opinion, like the guy with one of the best jobs in football right now is like Gus Malzahn. Sure. Like, jeez. Yeah. You, like in you five go. years, that guy should be able to go to two playoffs at UCF. You, yeah. Or like, but if go like Houston or like uh, go go twelve and zero and those like we see those teams go twelve and zero all the time.
1: Yeah. Or do you? Or if you're in the SEC, and Jared and I talked about this last week, you go you schedule four slappies in the non conference. Like this serves yeah. no purpose of scheduling a good non conference game. I really don't think so. Somebody said it had a good point. Well, maybe. If you schedule a good team in the non-conference, it helps your strength of schedule. It puts you over the top to you know get a higher seed, etc.
0: I do a think. Point. I do think we've learned though, over the years, if you all you have to do is win. Yeah. Well. So you if, know, like we've seen, we've seen shitty teams <laughs> that didn't lose. I mean, Iowa in 2015. Like I'm not. No, it, they. It's a great point. They didn't really beat anybody until the Wisconsin game, right? If I that was that remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. And that was the big beef on them. Cause they didn't play anybody, you know, but, but they, they were loop. still like, if they, if they didn't lose, they were
1: going to the playoff. That's my point. So let's say you're, uh, let's insert SEC school here. Let's say you're Mississippi two years from now, three years from now is a good year. Their only losses on the year are to Alabama and to Georgia. Okay. I don't even know if they're in the right divisions just for the hypothetical. If, and they go undefeated in their non-conference, they're 10-2. There's no question they're in the top 12 then, right? No. Like, they, they are in. Yeah. And so they don't have to... I don't think you have to worry about scheduling a, a good non-conference in that you go 6-2 and two in the SEC, you're going to get into the playoff. And so I, the, my point is, I think this is going to reward, then, a lot of teams oh, God, that are, you know, 9-3, and 10-2, that, that they, they have a couple good losses to... Good SEC schools, and they're in. You think the
0: Coastal Carolina noise was bad last year?
1: Well, that's insane. Like if it's media, if, if there's four, or five SEC schools, and Coastal's banging on that door, I, I still ha- I don't know if Coastal's getting in.
0: They need to. Yeah, I mean I, that's what makes these campus games fun for me. Like to think of like Coastal Carolina hosting Georgia yeah, that would be great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like this is more equitable than it was. I still
1: have a hard time thinking. That the committee, whoever the committee is, is going to give the nod to, you know, a, a 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 Cincinnati team over a 10 and 2 LSU. You know, and so sits that same argument. It's but just what you're arguing, they're arguing they, at 12 and 13 rather than. Didn't they say they prefer conference champions? Sure, they could say that. They could say that now. If LSU's 10 and 2, they're getting in. Like, I mean, again, I'm just. Yeah. Just foreseeing what this will look like. I think this will be this is great from a money-making standpoint. They they came out this week. College football, in, if in that playoff form, is basically going to double or triple the playoff revenue. Well,
0: and the Big is in a great spot. Did you see those charts? I, I did. Mean, if it's like we assume it's going to be with the even payout of all the Power 5 conferences, the Big 12, because there's only 10 schools, 10 compared is going to, is to. Gonna make like $9 million per school more yeah. Yep. Then the next.
1: Yep. It ended up being that decision to not expand in twenty seventeen. Bob right. Bullsby's
0: a damn genius. Probably the best
1: move the Big 12s ever made. <laughs> and so the other part of this, this completely, in my opinion, eliminates
0: uh any type of realignment. I agree. It's over. I agree with There's you. There's no purpose. I agree with you. In fact, the way it's set up now, you're it would be stupid for Texas or Oklahoma to look into realignment. Yeah.
1: And, and the only alignment that would make realignment would make sense if like Arkansas jumps to the Big Twelve, or the Pac twelve schools want to get out. I don't know why and, you would want to add. I don't think you add them. You
0: don't. Yeah, I don't. You absolutely do not. I don't think it makes any sense at this. Other point. than there's some like BYU probably needs to get in a conference. Like there's some they stuff do. like that. They do because no, they're gonna have a hard time scheduling well enough. Sure. To, But Notre Dame's
1: a little bit different. Notre Dame will never play that tough schedule, but if they, again, similar to my SEC example, if Notre Dame goes 10-2, and they're going to get into the playoff because they're Notre Dame. Like, the brand will still matter with them. Even if they're playing a bunch of average teams, because it's
0: Notre Dame, they're probably going to get in. Williams and Bloom Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Uh, Basketball started this week. Really, not a ton of information because it's just it's kind of uh, everybody gets to know one another, yada yada yada. I did have a little bit of insight on our premium message board for our Patreon members earlier in the week. Um, yeah, I, I, there's just really not a lot out there. The one tidbit I have heard I passed along last week was they really like the Washington State kid. Yes, the um,
1: jazz, jazz.
0: Yeah, really like him. He he came in in really good shape. It sounds like. I I kind of think that he'll be the guy... We've talked about this, I think, on the show. I do think he'll be the guy that is vastly overlooked going into the season.
1: Yes. Already has been.
0: Yeah. Because it's easy to be like all these other guys who committed later. You know, they've played in the Big Ten. Bigger names. Yeah, and even like... Even the, the guys that are coming back. This I, is the guy who... You know he he was the first commit that they got, and everybody's like, "What? This is this it's is like, Otzelberger's recruiting." And it was like four days after TJ started. It's like, who is this? Yeah, this is Jazz? it. Jazz. What? Like, you got a guy from Washington State. I, I they they really liked how he came. There's here. a road for him to start, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I think some. I don't think that maybe not to get the ultimate. I don't think it's fair path. for Jazz or Iowa State to set expectations. No, I know too high with him. I, I, there's a path but i think that would that path would include other people not living up to expectations. Yeah, or or if you just you want more of a
1: shooter in that stretch four role like depends on how the Absolutely. rest of the, the rest of the guys come in and health is big factor too so yeah no i think it's fun because you, you and kudos to the their team for being active on social media it's I been, agree. it's been fun to watch because you kind of forget that basketball is happening, and all, but it's nice to see those new pieces coming together. They've
0: done a nice job, and it's easy to bury your head in the sand after a bad year. But I think that there's a lot to promote right now. I think that at the very least, they're going to be a very competitive team. No question. And we'll and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I that. mean, uh, Big Twelve is going to be good. It's going to be tough. Just make it worthwhile to go to Hilton again. Amen to that. Bloom, uh, happy father's day. Thank you. You happy, too. Happy father's day to I'll, my dad, Mike. I know is listening. Yep. Uh, your dad, Dennis, does he, he listens pretty he's, much he, every he work, is. He's he? a, he's a Patreon
1: member. He wanted I to know when him. his, his, he's the best, when his, uh, feature is for the super
0: patron of the week. Well, we'll it's have like, to get on that. Mr. Bloom. I don't know anybody. We'll have to, <laughs> what? well, here's your shout out, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> yeah. I love your dad, man. He's a, he's an all timer. We've had some good times. Uh, Notably, when we were in Orlando calling the That's right. basketball tournament down there. Yep. I'll never forget the Thanksgiving dinner at the Lone Star Steakhouse with your dad and <laughs> we, uh, your brother.
1: We all got turkey
0: just we, down in Orlando after I, Iowa was, State beat was, up on Miami. What's funny about that is yeah, I I, about you that. guys went and did something that night. And so I was waiting for you at this Lone Star because I was trying to find a place with turkey. Y'all went and did something like touristy. I don't even remember. Yeah. Because we had the game. The tip-off that day was at like 10 a.m. or something like that. And y'all went off and did something later on. And I sat at that bar at that Lone Star Steakhouse (laughs) in Orlando. And I'm sipping on whiskey for like two hours waiting waiting on you. By the time y'all got there. The turkey was cold. Oh, my God. Then we, we, after that, we, uh, did we watch
1: Florida, Florida State? I believe so. At some... Oh, we, other did, we did that
0: over by where the Magic play.
1: Oh, at the Amway? Yep. So, that was we, good we time. We found
0: that Florida State Alumni Bar. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? I do. I do. Man, that was a good trip. We're doing, like, the tomahawk chop in that bar. I don't even think they can do that anymore, can they? I think they can still do the tomahawk, tomahawk chop. You, now, like, Braves games, they don't play it over the speaker, but the fans still do. They still do. do it. And I think they're just trying to be Riley. I'm not I'm not up on... Uh, What's allowed and what's not anymore. But no, yeah. Happy Father's Day to, to my dad as well. Love uh, Dennis and Mike. I uh, appreciate them. If you want more, uh, go and subscribe to the Chris Williams podcast. Bloom and I are doing a little Father's Day podcast uh, where we talk about being dads. Man, uh, it's been a hell of a year. <laughs> yes, it it's has been a hell of a year for all the Everybody. dads out there and the moms and everything. Yeah. We've, we Hey, 11 weeks. Yep.
1: Until uh, college football opening weekend. I think
0: I saw 69 days. That sounds nice. Very nice. Thanks for listening. Have a great work week, everybody.